also many other things. So I need to work through those emotions. But if we do those three things, and we operate upon our soul condition, then everything will work in a manner that is in harmony with our soul condition getting closer to God. So hopefully from this discussion now, everyone understands how you can use the law of attraction. Is everyone fine with that? So what we'll do after this, we'll have a break for half an hour or so, and then what we'll do is we'll discuss, have personal discussions, you can raise personal issues and questions in your own life, about your own law of attraction issues, and we can talk about what's actually happening. And some of you may like to come and sit up with me in a hot seat, or maybe and explain some of your law of attraction events, and how, they've, how you might have questions about them or something like that, and we can talk about them more thoroughly. Does that sound alright? Good idea. Thanks for your time. So now I'm energised. And some of you here today, now Some of you here today have probably not had a, a CD that contains all of the pageant messages and quite a lot of natural love spirit messages as well on the CD. So if you're one of those people that haven't got it, that we've just made up another hundred CDs or so and are available. Um, is just out the back here, is it? Yeah. So they're just out of that. So you can pick them up. They're, they're free, so you can pick them up. Um, they contain probably close to 5,000 spirit messages or so on. So, all right. Um, one other thing I'd like to say too is um, a lot of people have been asking me for private lessons, if they could call them that. And I'm avoiding doing that at this point. And the reason why, sorry, the reason why is that uh, I'm still really focused on dealing with my own emotional condition and spending time uh, with um, with Mary, of course, as well, which has been really lovely. And so that's really going to continue to be my focus. So I'll only be doing the public sessions. But there are two people who I feel are ready to help others emotionally. They're in a state where they are fully respective of their own law of attraction and are really, really good in terms of connecting with their own emotions and they have a strong connection with God as well. And so I'd like to introduce them to you. They both, one of them is aware. One of them is Tristan, my son. So Tristan, could you just come up here for a moment? This is Tristan. And most of you by now realise that uh, when it comes to impartiality, I'm pretty impartial with everyone, including my children. So, so what I'm about to say about my son has nothing to do with him being my son, actually. It's got everything to do with the fact of what he's been doing and uh, how he's been working through his stuff. And if he wasn't um, in the condition he is, I wouldn't be saying these things about it. But Tristan's been working through his emotions now for probably the last 18 months, pretty solidly. He actually finished up putting some of his emotional conditions on the YouTube, for those of you who want to look at I can't remember the sign on or anything like that, but what is it? Uh, it's uh, 
just go YouTube slash Enforcer Pure. It's Enforcer Pure. E-N-F-O-R-C-E-R. Yeah. -E Enforcer Pure. Yeah. And it's just uh, it's just me after a cry or after some big resistance and I'm asthmatic and I'm scared and whatever and just me talking about that. And there's also me trying to talk about emotional processing as well. It's it's just me, yeah, it's just me just trying to trying to say what I'm doing even though it's to me at the time it wasn't amazing. So Tris is in a very humble state. He has to be living with me, he has to live with me for eight months. And so and so and a lot of you wouldn't realise that he's actually got the ability to help many of you who are much, much older than he is. And so one of the things you'll learn on this path is that a child can teach you, so therefore a teenager or a young adult can certainly teach you, and particularly if that person's in a good emotional space, which Tristan's in. So, so Tristan, obviously, um, doing these things is again, the people who I've, I'm going to introduce to you are doing all of their things by donation. So they're doing the same thing as what I'm doing, and that is giving their time by donation, and so Tristan would be doing that as well. Obviously, Tristan has to live too, and he's currently working through those emotional issues. As most of them already know when you talk to him. He, he, moved, he moved out about three weeks ago, or four weeks ago, so he's working his way through all of that. And uh, one thing that Tristan is very, very good at is looking at law of attraction and how it's affecting you. And, and he's very good at that with his own life, and he's, be very, he's very good with that with helping you as well. He's also very sensitive emotionally, and has quite a lot of intuition from spirits as well. So, um, so those things can certainly find very helpful. But his focus will not be on your intellect. So if you're one of the persons who wants some assistance, personal assistance, Tristan will be willing to help. So that, that's Tristan. Uh, contact details for Tristan. Should I write them up? You want to just write them on the board? I'll write them this morning. Forgive the email address. It was started when I was in high school and it's a little bit. It started when he was in a rage. <laughs> and the next person I'd like to introduce you to is Millie. So Millie, would you like to <laughs> Now Millie's uh, I met Millie oh, two years ago now. And uh, and Millie's always had a really, really strong spirit connection and, and she's an artist as well. She, and the way I met her was that I sat down with a, I was invited to a spiritualist church, what would you call it, a fate or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Millie was there um, drawing pictures of people's emotional condition, which interested me quite a lot. The lady who was before me, she sat down and drew this, the emotional condition of this woman and when I saw the picture, because the woman sat down next to me, it was a direct reflection of what I could feel from the woman, and Millie had actually drawn it. And so the woman looked one way, but the picture looked a totally different way. And uh, it reflected to the woman her own emotional condition. And one of the things the woman said was, wow, that, that's exactly what I feel. Right? So it was very powerful. So that's how I met Millie. So she drew me a picture. and. Uh, and got a bit freaked out about the message that she, uh, she put on the picture. <laughs> and that's how our relationship started. And uh, Millie, at, at one point, was uh, had a spiritualist church that she looked after up in up Gimli Way, and, uh, which she's stopped doing now. But one of Millie's passions is to start 
to start helping people actually access their emotions and in particular access their anger emotions and step underneath their anger emotions. And what she's doing is she's setting up, a, she's got a place up uh, near Gympie, uh, Widget, uh, Widget, uh, where she's, uh, where people at, after March, so in April and after, will be able to come up and stay with her for a few days and get triggered. And uh, <laughs> so if that appeals to you, um, again, Millie is willing to do that by donation, so it all depends on uh, donations in terms of what she's doing. And of course, it will depend on her time as well. Again, Millie's in a very similar state that I've mentioned Tristan was in, very humble state, very open to dealing with emotions. Millie has lots of spirit intuition and uh, receives very direct messages from spirits as well. And she's actually chan channeled me to myself in my sleep state quite often, uh, which has been very helpful for me. Um, and she channeled Mary to Mary in her sleep state as well. So it's all, um, it's, and it's all been really, really helpful uh, from an emotional perspective. So remember again, Millie's focus would be your emotions. So if you go up there in a very intellectual space and expecting to stay in that space, then I'm pretty sure she'll send you home quite quite early <laughs> in the visit. So, um, but it, um, it's it's lovely that I can now in, uh, that I can introduce her to you. She's looking radiant. And your contact details. Yeah. Your email address is that a dot, an underscore, or a dash? A dot. Now, as time progresses, many of you will get into a similar space. And as that occurs, obviously, there will become a time when I won't be able to have all of you up here saying what you're doing. Um, but I wanted to do that at this moment because I know quite a lot of you are feeling like you need some personal, some kind of personal help. And while I'm not doing that at the moment, I'm doing that more still in groups. Um, and I am helping people personally, but it's usually because I've visited them and stayed with them or whatever, but uh, not doing it on a consistent basis and nor am I, uh, nor am I wanting to at this point. Um, I thought I'd just introduce you to a couple who I feel are, who are ready emotionally to be in that space, who are in a really humble space, who can help you deal with your stuff if you want to. Now obviously as time progresses, some of you will be in that same space and we'll try and introduce you as well to, to others. And once that all occurs, um, I'm sure after a while there'll be so many of you in that space that it will be well known that uh, you know, the help and assistance you can give to others. By the way, both Millie and uh, Tristan obviously are not perfect. And obviously, just like myself, they have emotions to work through. So. So, you know, if you expect perfection out of this, then you need to be going somewhere else, obviously. <laughs> and so just bear that in mind when you, when, if you do visit them or see them. And, but they are in a very humble space, and it's a very different space than a, if you visit a psychic or a medium or, or anyone else who's going to be helping you more on an on-charge basis. Uh, they're in a very different space to that. So um, they're in a very good divine love space and that's why I've recommended them to you. Alright, now's the time for our uh, personal questions and chats. Up there? Oh, you put up your hand, right? Well, you didn't know I was going to be up here. No, I didn't. But you didn't. Okay, I'll come up there. Hi. Uh, this is Ray, by the way. Hi. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> 
Um, when we first started today, not only myself, but quite a few different people got really, really sleepy, mm -hmm. and we're getting pulled out of our bodies and nodding, and I must have yawned 50 times. Yep. And I would like to know what was happening, other than, you know, resistance or whatever. Other than resistance. Other than resistance. But why so you don't really want to know what's happening? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I really, really do. All right. Yeah. What was happening was a resistance. Okay. What's happening is that uh, when we are in a state emotionally where we want to resist certain information, because at the soul level we feel we're not ready mm -hmm. to actually deal with it. Of course we are ready. If we're hearing the information, we're already ready. Yeah, yeah. But, but because there's a resistance emotionally, what's actually happening inside of us is we go into these states and, and spirits who will be in the same state will yeah. connect with us. And they'll also help us to go into the same state. And this is why sometimes you go into out-of-body or you feel tired or almost sleepy or you're not off and all those kind of things. If there's subjects that you're not off with, they are definite law of attraction things you need to look at seriously. Okay. So there is a strong resistance in you yes. to look at your own law of attraction and deal with that emotionally. Okay. So the key for you now is to say, all right, that's the truth. It doesn't mean you have to change it, but that is the right. truth. At least let yourself feel that truth. Yes. I'm very aware of that. Yeah. And also, I wanted to tell you that I found a great tool, because I went to a movie which I emailed you about. It triggered me like crazy. I had to leave in the middle of the movie. It was so intense. Yeah. The next morning, what I woke up. Was that uh, it was um, Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, okay. And it's actually real. It's about the children in the slums in yeah. Mumbai. Yeah. And if they were victims, they were abandoned. It's like all my issues, right, yeah. were yeah. in the movie. Yeah. And it was so intense, and the sound was so loud, and I just had to leave the theater. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for a couple of days, the rage is coming up, yeah. and we got in a big process. A lot of things happened. I start. I was cooking. I didn't want to be cooking, and I'm hammering the spoon on the pan, and I'm brutalizing on the meal. Yeah. And I didn't have cooking any, with a lot of blood. Not a lot of blood. <laughs> <laughs> and it tasted awful, my man. <laughs> but. What happened was, uh, I realized that I, I, re I could feel it. It was like, it was like right there, and I didn't know what to do with it. So the next morning, I woke up, and the message was that I needed to go get a tennis racket. So I went to an op shop, and I found a squash racket. And I've got that puppy sitting right there, because I am ready now. And I knew at that moment, it could have happened, AJ. It was like right there. So if you had the tennis racket right there, it would have been right to the... I didn't know what to do with it. You know, I was... I, I, there's Just don't bail, got him over the head with I went, No, no, he was watching. And then we processed all the next day. But anyway, we've got a squash racket now. So I wanted to tell you yeah. that that's a good tool for people who live in apartments, or you, you can't go out beating on your shed, you know, like this guy does. Yeah. Get a tennis racket yeah, because tennis you racket. can use it on a pillow and it's quite effective. And you can beat the hell out of the pillow without breaking it. It doesn't break, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, okay, that's I'm it. Impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, here we go. That's good. <laughs> Just one thing I'd like to say from what Ray was mentioning, and that is that uh, resistance is a big issue. And if you're getting, if you find yourself getting tired, that's a big indication that there's resistance. Tired, boredom, they cover huge emotions, huge emotions. So oftentimes what we do is we teach ourselves at the soul level how to shut down. 
and there'll be certain subjects you find really fascinating. I've noticed as an audience that you all really perk up when we start talking about spirits. I noticed as an audience when we talk about emotions, you all get quite <laughs> depressed, right? So what's going on there is that, is that the spirit discussion, which is an external truth discussion, you're attracted to. But the internal truth discussion, you're still feeling resistive to. Does that make sense? As an audience, I mean, not, not all people in the audience, but as an audience. So what that means then, is that there is resistance inside of you about going into the emotional thing soon. So let yourself acknowledge the resistance. Remember, the way emotion flows is truth will open you emotionally. So, I am tired because I want to be tired. So don't say, oh, I mysteriously go tired. You know? <laughs> no, you're tired because you want to be. You want to be tired because it detunes you emotionally from going into some things emotionally, feeling some things emotionally. One of the things that I've noticed emotionally as an audience is this resistance to personal responsibility. So any time I raise issues regarding personal responsibility, so remember our law of compensation discussion that we had a few months ago. Many of you became quite low during that discussion. And that's because there's a personal responsibility involved in the law of compensation that you don't want to hear about. So allow yourself to acknowledge those things, at least acknowledge them. When you start acknowledging them, emotions start to flow. Resistance is often, we, we often don't use anger, but we often use more manageable aspects of resistance. And one of them is boredom. I'm bored now. Can we get on to another subject? I'm bored with this one. That kind of thing. That's an avoidance, you see. And if, I, if I'm also doing things like, oh, this is really tiring, can't we talk about something? Then as soon as we go down that road, can't I do something else? It means that I'm not really tired. Because if, if I was really tired, what would I be doing? Sleeping. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you'd be sleeping. <laughs> and if you're not sleeping right at that moment, and you're saying you're tired, it's because you're not interested in that particular subject. You're better off walking out, going home, really, than staying in many cases. Does that make sense? I won't be offended. <laughs> Karen, you want to... Karen, do you mind if you mention some of your Law of Attraction stuff that we talked about earlier? Sure, you can answer questions first. Hopefully these questions will be short. Um, it doesn't matter how long they are, by the way. We've got two hours. One. Or one hour. <laughs> I'll keep myself. <laughs> one is, um, just when you're saying tiredness is born in this resistance, is... is Having trouble sleeping because you want to be tired, or is that a different thing? So the question is, you're having trouble sleeping. Yeah. Is that because I want to be tired? <laughs> what do you think? I don't want to be tired. Okay, so I'm not being tired. What don't you like about sleeping? I want to sleep, so I'm not tired. No, so this is an untruth. The, the law of attraction is telling you the truth. The law of attraction is you're not sleeping. Yeah. So the truth is, you don't want to be sleeping. So that's, do you see what I'm saying? This law of attraction is, I'm not sleeping. So the law of attraction is telling you the truth, I do not want to sleep. Now I say, that's the truth, I do not want to sleep. You say that. I do not want to sleep. Say it again. You're going to feel this. I do not want to sleep. Now I ask, 
why don't I want to sleep? Why don't I want to sleep? What's the feeling that comes up straight away? Why don't you want to sleep? <coughs> Tell you what I'm feeling from you when you ask that question. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't know. As soon as, as soon as I think about sleep, I think it's wonderful to be asleep because I'm in the, you know, That's through it. the mist sleep space. Yeah, but what's happened, ha what's happened there is you've skipped over the emotion that's driving you to not sleep. You're saying you're still telling yourself the untruth. You're still saying I don't want, I do want to sleep. See, can you see how? Intellectually, I can say, I do not want to sleep. But if you feel like you do want to sleep, even though you're not sleeping, then straight away there's a disharmony there. Do you follow me? Yeah. The disharmony is, the truth, the law of attraction is telling me the truth. The truth is, I do not want to sleep. You're saying, but I do want to sleep, but I do want to sleep. And I'm saying, sorry, you don't want to sleep. So why don't you want to sleep? That's okay, that's the truth. <laughs> you don't know? What well, if you had a gut feeling like what do you think it might be about? Just imagine for a moment, you don't want to sleep, you're laying there, not getting to sleep, it's quite annoying, frustrating. But there's something about sleep that something about sleep. Like, if you go to sleep, what might happen? Am I scared of them all making she said she's scared of who she will meet in her sleep state. I asked. <laughs> no, she asked that question. But often these things, see, that's what came into her mind from her soul. So go with that now, alright? Who might you meet in your sleep state? Well, Who are the people who have passed that you felt you've dealt with the emotions about, but you know now that you haven't? My husband and my father. Okay. And what did they do in their lives when you were younger? Not now, but when you were younger, what kind of treatment did you get from these ones? Um, from my father, I was, I don't at all remember being um, harmed by him or anything. He was an angry man. He was a very angry man, and I was very frightened of his anger. And I had known for a long time that it's deeply affected a lot of things in my life. Okay. Now, what about your husband? Um, he was a very peaceful, loving man who put me on a pedestal. But more lately, when I'm asking myself questions about sexuality, I'm thinking there's things there that. Okay. So we've got two issues, both to do with men, both probably related to your sleep state experiences, which cause you to feel like you do not want to sleep. One is a feeling to do with sexual sexual shame and guilt perhaps and any sexual manipulation. And the other is a feeling of fear, being controlled and manipulated by men in the fear state. And probably what's happening because of that law of attraction in your sleep state, you're attracting these two men to you to deal with those emotions and you're quite afraid of that and so you don't want to go to sleep. So if you actually start dealing with those emotions in the awake state, you'll find you'll go to sleep quite peacefully. Mm -hmm. Thank you. See how it goes? Yeah. Is that the only question? No. <laughs> She's got a list. No, it's only the second one. Go. Um, 
before you were talking about the soul and the physical body and the uh, spirit body and how we can do things with our spirit body to make us feel better. Well, I guess what I want to know is, I've got a friend who is, um, she's picking out on divine love at the moment, okay? Yeah, so she's enjoying herself. She's having a great time, and it's, it's wonderful. Um, and she, like a few months ago, shortly after this started for her, she was saying that she really started feeling terribly emotional after she saw this lady who channels mature natural love spirits. And after she saw her, she started having a lot of emotions. And I said, I need to do that. Is that I need to find some way to start my emotions. Um, so maybe I'll see this lady. And I went through a lot of fear and anxiety because was, this might not be right and it might be right. And in the end, I just went for it and said, God will look after me if I'm wrong or he'll tell me soon enough. And um, so I went to see her and I said, all I want is for you to help me feel my emotions. Um, this is how I feel I'll get closer to God and I want to help with that. And she said, okay, all right. But she was, you know, she's, she's full of love and she's scared. Um, and so she did this stuff and um, humming stuff and hand stuff and um, said, you know, is there something wrong with your bits of my body? And I said, no, but I don't care about that. I just want to feel my emotions. And she said, all her spirits were telling us stuff about me and I said, anyway, so she did this and then said, wait for three days and absolutely nothing happened. I don't know. Well, let me explain firstly why something happened for the other lady, your, yeah. your friend. When your friend went along to this medium, what actually happened is this, around a medium or around a psychic, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of spirits all the time. And many of them are constantly wanting to contact humans and They'll often misrepresent themselves in the process as well because they have emotions that they need to speak, they need to talk openly and so forth. And so what they do is they surround the medium and that's the medium's law of attraction. Does that make sense? The law of attraction of the medium is that she's attracting all of these spirits around her. And what happened when your friend went along to this medium is that your friend actually attracted some of these spirits who had sympathetic emotions. And remember in the earlier talk that I just gave, I said, the spirits are attracted to you to heighten your own, to make more sensitive or more intense your own experience, to actually help you deal with your emotions. What happened with your friend is she allowed herself to feel that higher intensity of emotion and got into the emotion. But your intention, even though you think your intention is to feel your emotion, at the moment your actual emotional intention is to not experience your emotion because the law of attraction tells me this. If you're not experiencing your emotion right now, then your law of attraction is, I do not want to experience my emotion. It's quite simple. You can tell yourself anything else you want. Do you understand? But your law of attraction is telling you the truth. If you are not experiencing your emotion right now, it's because you do not want to. So you are better off saying, I do not want to experience my emotion right now, and then ask the question, why? What am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? And if you can, and you will actually start accessing your blockages. And remember, we had our earlier discussion today, and I was talking to you about your blockages about the emotion. 
So the truth is at the moment, you do not want to experience your emotion or your emotions are actually blocked by the blockages which are stronger than the desire to feel the emotion. So while you do have a desire that's growing to experience your emotion, you've got these other emotions inside of your soul which we call blockages, which are much more intense and stronger, and you'll need to firstly deal with those. Which you do with your mind. No, you need to experience them emotionally. So, one of the emotions we talked about earlier is you feel that God is an angry God. It comes from, remember, your dad being an angry dad. Now, one thing that's happened with Karen's dad is that the dad has become more repentant about his actions during his later life, right? So then she feels like she can't blame him for being angry anymore, even though the feeling is still within her that he was an angry dad. Does that make sense? So that blockage, which is, I'm not allowed to judge my father as angry, that blockage is actually it's preventing the experience of how that anger felt for you when you were little. And so it's the blockage that needs to be addressed firstly before the emotion can be addressed. But again, the law of attraction is telling you, if you, do not, if you are not right now experiencing the emotion, then when you say to yourself, I really want to feel my emotions, you are telling yourself a lie. Does that make sense? And it's really important to understand that. Yep. Um, and so I pray to God every waking moment saying, help me soften up the blocks. Um, and again, I must not be saying the right things. Well, no. Look at your desire again. Do you really want to feel the blocks? You see, a lot of the blocks are quite intense. And when I say the blocks being intense emotionally, a lot of our blockages are fear-based or terror-based blockages. Does that make sense? Now, terror and fear-based emotions are, one, are some of the most difficult emotions to actually allow yourself to experience. Because you go into shaking things and you go into all these different things and, and some of you have already experienced this, right? Where you've started going, and what starts to happen in your mind is you start to freak out. What, what's happening to me? You know, you start really, really worrying about your own sanity. You start worrying about what's going on physically. You start thinking you're going to something's going to happen to you. And so there's so much resistance to even experiencing the fear. And we need to allow ourselves to experience the fear because the fear is a block to actually experiencing the underlying emotion. Does that make sense? Now many of us have very deep childhood terror-based fears. Well, you imagine what it's like being a three-year-old child getting yelled and screamed at by this adult like, that's like three times the size of you. Now, that's pretty intense, isn't it? As an experience. Now, if you place yourself there in your imagination, you will understand why you're afraid. That, that fear is within most of us, right? And some of you are already now, while I'm talking about it, feeling it. Right? Now, you imagine also, let's say you've been abused, either physically or emotionally or sexually. Now, imagine physical abuse you've been abused physically, how, how much you know, desire is there going to be in you to not deal with that? There's going to be a huge amount of fear and terror-based emotions about that. How many of you really want to feel that? You see, to get through it, you're going to need to feel it right? and allow the experience and pray to God through the experience. It will happen quite rapidly if you pray to God through the experience. But the problem is that we're just so blocked about it because we won't, and we don't even want to open that part of us up. And the problem is, is that while I'm in that state where I want to keep that part of me closed, God's, 
God can't get to that part of me either. And it's my willingness to open that needs to change. So it's only useful to pray to it's only useful to pray to God when you're feeling very emotional. Um, I would say it's not so much being very emotional. What is it? It's only useful to pray to God truth. truth. God doesn't listen to error. So if I'm saying to God, I really want to feel my emotions, when there's an emotion in me saying, no you don't, no you don't, what do I need to be praying about? Pray to God about, I really don't want to feel my emotions. Talk to God about that. The, the truth of what you're feeling, not what you think you should be feeling. See, many of us pray to God about what we think we should be feeling, rather than what we're actually feeling. And what we need to learn to do with God is to always talk to God about what we are actually feeling. So if my law of attraction is telling me the truth, and I'm not feeling my emotion, therefore my law of attraction is telling me I do not want to feel my emotion. So I talk to God about, I do not want to feel my emotion. I am quite angry with you, God, for making me feel my emotion. All of my emotions are negative, and I'm sick to death of having to feel my emotions when they're negative. I only want to feel good emotion. I don't want to feel bad. So say all of these things to God. Because that's what you're feeling. So say them. And ironically, when you start saying truth to God, that's when you start feeling the emotions. Yeah. Does that make sense? Is that the only two questions? Well, I can keep thinking of them. <laughs> Give someone else a go. Thank you. Thanks, girl. Who else would like to come up? AJ, I don't need to come up. Yeah, you do. The only thing I wanted to ask you was, how do we differentiate between our soul and our spiritual body when we're trying to resolve things? Alright. Why are you trying to differentiate between your soul and your spirit body when you're trying to resolve things? Because I'm confused. So, what's the feeling or the emotion you need to feel? Um, what did you just say you were? Confused. So, what's the feeling or emotion you need to feel? You need to feel confident. No, you need to feel confused. Oh, oh I am confused. confused. That's great. That's great. So start feeling it. So what are you confused about? Tell me what you're confused about. How to resolve issues that I want to be free of. That you want to be free of. Yes. So do you want to be free of? Yes. No. Yes, I do. No. And your law of attraction is this. If you are not already free of an emotion, you do not right now want to be free of it. Does everyone understand? Stay with me on this one. You need to stay with me on this one. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? If you're, if you're not right now free of the emotion, then the truth is you do not want to be free of it. Yeah. Now, why wouldn't I want to be free of an emotion? Because it might be a painful experience feeling the emotion. What else? There's a bigger emotional investment in staying still than there is for... Yes, I might be afraid of change. Might be afraid of change. What else? Getting mileage out of it. You might be getting mileage out of it. There might be a good reason for holding on to it. You know, people, people pander to you while you're holding on to this emotion. So that could be a reason why I'm holding on to the emotion. 
and I could be choosing to hold on to it for that reason. Any other reasons you can think of? Why you would choose to hold on to an emotion? I want to feel bad. I want to feel bad because it's the only thing I've ever felt, right? I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to feel good. Right? Any other reasons? Fear of what's the deeper emotion. There might, there might be a capping emotion, then underneath that might be Pandora's box, right? Nobody wants to go there, you know, you open that one and everything springs out then. How many of you feel like you're afraid once you start this, everything's going to come out and that's a major, major, major problem, isn't it? That means everything's going to come out at work, you know, if you're going to school as a child, in school everything will come out with, you know, there'd be so much judgment. How many of you are afraid of judgment? Yeah? Okay. So there's lots of good reasons why you might not really want to feel the emotion. Now, does that make sense? So when you say to yourself, I really want to feel the emotion, and I'm going to re recommend this as a general practice for everyone, when you're saying to yourself, you really want to feel the emotion, the question you need to ask yourself is, am I feeling it right now? Because if I am not feeling it right now, and you are feeling it right now, which is great. And if I'm not feeling it right now, what does it mean? It means that I do not want to feel it right now. And this is why you didn't want to come up. Because you didn't want to feel your emotions in front of everyone. And it's great you are. Thank you. Come up in. Join us. Very brave people coming to the hot seat. I, we must give everyone a clap who's already come to the hot seat. Ian and I only met two weeks ago, by the way. Last Wednesday night I watched the October DVDs, which Cornelius Cornelius telling the story. And uh, I cried. Cried quite a bit, um, and it was uh, when I took the this another story. When I took the CD out of the the CD player, I got a, a splinter in my finger. The last splinter from the CD. Of the CD. Mm -hmm. And next thing I was wondering what this might be about. And I'm not quite sure. Side of the body. Yes, left hand. Right here. I can see where it is. Yeah. Uh, but um, I think it was uh, Friday. Friday morning. I got to the stage, I, I, because I cried when Cornelius looked into the eye, your eyes and dropped the hammer and put behind the nose into your hand. And I, I looked into the mirror on Friday morning and just burst into tears. Mm -hmm. Which I think I'm crying about myself. You are. Not, 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 not looking into no. your eyes. Because remember, everything you resonate with is something going on inside of you anyway. Yeah. So this is lovely about, this is why it's so lovely when people tell you an experience, if you resonate with it, if you go into that emotion, it's pretty powerful because it's your emotion. Yeah. One of the things that I'd like to mention is the splinter on the left hand thumb. Yeah. And left hand, uh, female issues, thumb usually talking about, is usually a worthiness issue. So it's to do with unworthiness with women. Right. And some of your crying is actually probably to do with that too, if you know yourself to feel about that. So it was a good law of attraction event. Yeah. Oh, so rather than cursing the manufacturer, you've got to thank them. <laughs> <laughs> That's it.
Is that really any person? Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I think there, there was definitely the self-worth and, and the crying when I looked into the mirror I had to deal with, with how I, what I call psychic self-blame, yeah. going round and round, blaming myself. And, and I looked in the mirror and I felt that I, I could love myself. So awesome. Feeling, feeling. So you had a feeling that you could love that, yourself. That I could love myself and the tears were about yeah. my loss, yeah. about not loving myself. Awesome, that's exactly right. Is everyone enjoying this? Yes. Feel a bit brighter? Yes. Yeah, it's great focusing on other people's problems. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one thing I'd like to bring up with you later in Lessons of Love is that quite often other people's issues are so easy to focus on that our own are really, really difficult. And, uh, and can you just have a look at that emotionally, what's going on inside of you emotionally with that, why you find that so much easier? So Jen's going to help you focus on her emotion. Um, what I want to talk about is really personal to both Graham and I, and it's, it has to do with my whole journey um, being an abused person sexually and in my law of attraction with Graham we are having troubles in our sex life um, I've attracted in Graham a really warm and loving man but in many senses um, it seems like he doesn't desire me and so um, I'm having the trouble which is why I decided to come up and talk about it. So your trouble is that you feel a real deep sadness about not being desired sexually? I feel Graham's my soulmate. Mm -hmm. And I feel deep love for him. And I'm growing in a sense of love for myself in order to heal mm -hmm. from what seems like a whole lifetime of sexual misadventure. And that's probably a nice way of putting it. And in my relationship with Graham, I've had the opportunity to grow in ways that I know could not have been achieved any other way. And when I've gone to leave him, God's intervened and given me revelation, divine love to stay with him, to verify me to give me the edification that together is where we belong but yet you don't feel that's fulfilling either no so what i'd like to do is just to and perhaps you don't have to stay for this discussion now because it's going to be quite a long one <laughs> but i'm going to do that it's great it's firstly great 
for somebody to talk about their sexuality. That's a really powerful thing. So that's and um, it's really great too because it does bring up a lot of law of attraction issues. So I'd like to raise the law of attraction issues, if I may, between the two of yourself. If you're happy for me to be open about them in a public forum, are you happy, Graham, to be open about them in a public forum? Well, I'd really like to congratulate the both of you for it as well. You don't have to come up. Um, you can actually go and sit down because I'll bring up some of those things. And obviously at some point we're going to have a discussion with sex and sexuality. And at some point we'll be having a discussion about soulmates. And that will help answer a lot of these kind of questions. But what's been raised is very, very important questions. Firstly, and I'll talk more personally um, about your relationship. Firstly, when you attract a relationship, that's your soul attraction. So the other person is attracted into your life and you are attracted into their life because both of you are there to help each other deal with your different emotional conditions. Now, here's the feminine part, if you like, which is yourself. Right, Jen? So that's Jen. That's the feminine half part of the soul. This is the masculine half of the soul. I've drawn them probably the wrong way that I normally do, but that's Graham. How do you spell your name, Graham? It's so there's the two halves of the soul, if you like. Now, it's God's intention that these two halves of the soul eventually combine back as the one full soul. Right? Now, for that to occur, obviously, any emotional barriers that are between these two halves need to be healed. And this is the beauty of a relationship. Because a relationship can go a long way to actually healing these barriers that prevent the two halves of the soul from joining. You follow me? So the first thing I need to understand when I enter a relationship is that I have attracted this person to heal some soul-based damage. Whether this person is my soulmate or not is immaterial. I have attracted this person to enter to heal soul-based damage. Now, if it happens to be my soulmate that I've attracted, you'll find that there will be an even more intense feeling of the damage between each other. So many times soulmates actually meet, spend a short piece of time together, feel these strong, incredible emotions of barriers between each other, and go into a panic and run away. And this happens quite frequently. Now, they will eventually be drawn back together again. And then often you'll see soulmates drawn back together, party and drawn back together, party and drawn back together. You know, this yo-yo effect occurring. And the reason why that often does happen is because they're still not realising the one important thing, and that is the law of attraction is drawing them together to heal something. And when they run away, they're running away from healing it. If they stay together, there's a pretty good chance, and they work, and they both have the object of working through their emotions, there's a pretty good chance they'll heal this problem. So, in regards to your own conditions, Jen has been sexually abused by her dad. So it's a father, it's a male-based abuse. Huh? From Graham's perspective, he has always felt like women control him. 
and not only women control me, but also women um, sort of suck me dry, is the feeling you have, isn't it, at times? Like, the feeling is one of, um, if I have a relationship with a woman, I lose myself. So, I lose myself. Lose myself? Not lose myself. <laughs> lose myself. Okay. Now, can you see that sexual abuse for a start is going to create lots of needy-based emotions in two separate forms? Firstly, one form is there is going to be an anger-based emotions with men, obviously. If it's happened by a father, there's going to be sexual anger with men. Right? But there's also going to be, because all of us have a natural sexual response, there's also going to be a desire for sex as well. So you've got on one hand a desire, a sexual desire, but on another hand an anger-based So it's an anger-based sexual desire. So often what that means then is we start attracting and attracting men who treat us angrily in a sexual way. So we start uh, attracting even maybe violent sexual uh, behaviour with a partner. Or we start attracting you know, sexual behaviour that causes us to trigger this anger. And there's also often other emotions too, is the need for closeness, right? Which was destroyed by the abuse. So in other words, there, so there is a, this plethora, if you like, of emotion when we were abused, created towards the gender that abused us. Now, if we've had two genders abuse us, both male and female, mother or father or some, someone else, then obviously it becomes even more complicated. Now, the two different emotions are being triggered. Now, obviously, Graham then, from a sexual perspective, will love gentle sex. Am I on the right track so far, Graham? So he loves gentle sex, but as soon as sex becomes, a, it feels a bit more, uh, shall we say, lustful, then straight away you no longer feel sexual desire. Because when it becomes lustful, you start feeling this control emotion kicking. <coughs> Right? This control emotion of I'm losing myself now, the other person's demanding of me now, and those kind of things. On the other side, Jen, when it comes to feeling your stuff, you know, you'll feel like, you, and there's also another thing that you desire closeness, okay, going on as well. So there's this feeling inside of you that, that sexual attention also means I'm close to the person, right? And if they don't desire me, then in the full part, which is also me desiring me sexually, and you are correct by the way, like in the end a, a close relationship will mean that each party will desire each other in a, in a very lustful way, and they will desire each other. Right? So, and they'll also desire in a very pure way too, each other. And they'll desire the pleasure of each other as well. Now, obviously, when there's different abusive issues happening, this one, this issue, by the way, is just as abusive as this one. And what happens is we start setting up a thing where our desire is modified by the error. 
So the only way to deal with these issues is to talk about them openly and honestly with each other. I feel this when you... When, when this happens, I feel this. Right? I feel that. I feel I'm not... In your case, I'm not desired by you, Jenny. We're, we're doing all of that. Yep. We've reached the point where we're asking you because we've gotten to the point where we communicate so fully with each other. Yep. So Jen's saying she communicates fully with it. They both talk openly with each other. They're so open that they're even open to discuss this issue in front of you. So that shows how open they are, right? So they are very open, but but still not getting to the core emotion. So that's the issue. So the core emotions are the core emotion for Graham. I'm going to lose myself if I get into like a lustful sexual act involved with the lust uh, with a feeling of lust towards my partner or I feel their lust I'm just going to go with that and I'll lose control of myself so the core emotions for yourself Graham are about losing control with the opposite sex not allowing yourself to be vulnerable for that to occur because you want to maintain control and you're only allowing yourself to lose control when the other person has a vulnerability so it's a matter of going into that emotionally now. So letting yourself feel the grief that's associated with that in your past relationships, but also going way back to the causal emotion, which is related to your mother, and that's the area that you need to work on a lot, which is related to, which is related to mum. The feeling that you, that that she, uh, she, from us, if you could think of it from an emotion point of view, she was like this over you, if you were just this little child, she's like this thing over you, controlling you constantly from an emotional perspective. So even though she might not have done it, you know, in a physical way, emotionally this is what she was like towards you and you're pretty sensitive. And so, you know, you, you felt all of those things. And by the way, sensitivity in the soul is a great thing. So it's a, it's a really great thing. So the key for you now is to start experimenting with that. So the way to experiment with that is, and this is the beauty of a relationship, is to have sex of a certain type of nature that actually will trigger that emotion and then allow yourself to get into that emotion. Right? What you've been doing is avoiding it, which was going to prevent you from getting into the emotion. So, for example, and this is something many women find confronting as a discussion because many women have some, some really definite control issues when it comes to sexuality because of being damaged so much by historically and generationally being damaged so much by men that that you don't allow yourselves then to get into an open state sexually to deal with that emotion and so it's very very important to allow yourself to deal with sexual based emotions um, and be open enough to experience things now I'm not saying you know involve get involved in violent sexual acts for example just to experience that what I am saying is get involved in a loving transaction with your partner, right? And if anger comes up, stop and feel the anger. <laughs> right? So most of you, see, so, so what might happen is that, like, you're in, it, in the sex act, sometimes it's feeling pretty good, right? Sometimes. Is it? Sometimes? <laughs> right? Anyway, so it's feeling pretty good. And, and then an emotion passes through you of anger. Imagine. Now, you're in, all, you're in this turned on state sexually, 
you're, you will be very tempted to actually deny that anger. Right? And try to make it go away. Right? But the problem is, as soon as you do that, you are de-churning yourself from your sexuality as well. You follow me? You're far better off right at that instant tuning into that anger, stopping the sex action remote, tuning into that anger, and yelling it. Being angry. You've done this, you've done that, you know, let yourself do that. And if both understand that it's actually working through an emotion, it won't affect your partner very much. <laughs> I know that sounds <laughs> now, now, aside from the fact that he might be a little disappointed about it. But that's a good thing for him too, that's his law of attraction. <laughs> now, if both of you allow yourself to do that in that manner, see a lot of men have emotions of demanding of women sex, sex, right? Which they need to do with. A lot of women have emotions of being angry about men's demands, which they need to do with. And the key is, if, if, if you're experiencing that during the sex act, just stop the sex act, feel the emotion, then re-begin again. Do you understand? Just go again. You can stay all day in bed, you know, and do it if you're allowed to. Anyway, so, so my suggestion is to do that and allow yourself to trigger that emotion. Now what will happen when you feel the anger, you might start expressing the anger, expressing the anger, and all of this really like rage come out of you that you didn't even know existed. And you may stay in that, finish up staying in that state for two or three days, running around, but make sure you don't stay there Make sure you experience it. So the problem with staying there is you could stay there for 25 years, right, and not have any sex anymore and blame men and, you know, and you're going to miss out on all this joy, right? So don't do that. Don't stay there. But I'll get to it in a minute. Don't stay there, but let yourself experience the emotion and really express it. So if you're a lady who's gone angry in that state, express it, and if you need to express it more, get out the tennis racket, as, as Ray said, start bashing the pillow, you know, and uh, he'd probably want to go in another room, <laughs> another room, you know, uh, just to protect some bits, but that's the way it goes, you know. So, so let it all be expressed, right, and let yourself experience those emotions, and then come back to it. Then come back to it and go further. And what will happen is, if you allow that, what will happen is layers will come off of you and you'll get to a point where you can be totally open and vulnerable with the person emotionally and sexually and you'll have dealt with many of the issues. Does that make sense? Okay, so now I can... Question? Craig and I have got to the point well, I want to give Yeah, can you, uh, can we say that to him? Are we uh, changing uh, tapes in a minute? Yeah, in that. four minutes. Graham and I have gotten to the point where, well, I've asked the question, is sex a learned response? Because I've been married twice and yeah. I've got children and I don't think I've ever been in a loving relationship ever before. Mm -hmm. And I... Just recently, when we were in bed together experimenting, we really didn't know what we needed to do to express to each other. We got to the point of not knowing. And 
I realised that I have never ever been in a relationship with a real man before mm -hmm. and I've never ever been in a sexual encounter where I wasn't harmed and real love was present. Mm -hmm. And I love Graham so much because he, he is real within himself and I asked the question, can, can you learn sexual response? Totally. Because Graham, Graham and I don't know what, what to do or how to raise the desire and how to express with each other. Mm -hmm. If you talk about lust or something kinky or something that's profoundly, you know, right field, you yeah. know, something, something is that's physically not, sexual, yeah, but not, not associated sexual. with love, and then right I can that. write your book on it. Yeah. <laughs> and she probably will. But. <laughs> Part of the issue is you're being bossy, yeah. right? And and when when a when a person in a relationship is bossy, either male or female, it doesn't matter what gender, the other person has a sexual turn off to that. Yeah, oh dear. So when you're actually bossy and forceful, even if it's not in a sexual way, you're actually detuning him sexually from you. Can you see how can you see how that relates to his injury? See when a person the the first thing that I need to say is that I I accept what you've said. Okay, I accept the bossiness. Mm -hmm. If I accept it, then that's the beginning of me finding finding how to go finding. Uh, through, yeah, yeah. So, okay. see, if you experiment with this, and this is about sexuality, is not really sexuality, by the way. Sexuality is really soulality, if I can call it that. In other words, it's an interaction between two half souls. It's an interaction between two half souls, and the interaction between two half souls is going to very much depend. Your, your physical sexual response, in a, after a while, your physical sexual response is going to be totally dependent upon the emotional interaction between the two halves of you. Right? So you'll get to a point in your own life where you cannot at all respond sexually to a person without there being love there. Now that even applies in the day-to-day -day interaction. So. If a, de if a demanding emotion is given from one half of the soul to the other half of the soul, the other half of the soul is going to be turned off sexually from that. Does that make sense? Now many of you have experienced this, right? Like, many of you know that, uh, and there's a common, common belief like, you know, the, ma the man treats the bad woman badly all day and then yeah. comes home and wants some sex, and of course she's going to be really responsive, isn't she? You know, of course not. 
because she's of feeling. she's not feeling loved all the day, is she? Does that make sense? So it's okay to feel that emotion. This is a good emotion to feel. So, so that emotion of demanding goes across to Graham, and his emotion gets triggered, of course, which is this one, which is, I don't want to be involved in this transaction. I'm losing myself in this transaction. I'm not. Uh, how can I respond sexually in this transaction? And to be honest with you, and um, once you are connected to your soul, if you're a male, you will go from this to this within a, within a space of about a second as soon as you feel something's unloving. Alright? So it's a very powerful tool for you to actually work through your issues in terms of sexual, sexual love. No, you can't get away with this, <laughs> Sorry. Come on. Come on. Everyone else is doing it. <laughs> no, you're saying it. Uh, I, I, it's not necessarily related. It's not so true. <laughs> I don't want to turn it on, is that <laughs> Uh, it doesn't necessarily relate to sexuality, yeah. but an important realisation that I had was that often um, the very fear of being controlled, which a lot of women have, actually creates a controlling situation towards the man. If I'm very afraid of being controlled all the time, in the end I end up controlling the man in order to not feel controlled. Mm -hmm. So. Possibly for Jen and Graham as well, that's happening on both sides because Jen's experience being very controlled, she doesn't want that to happen again, and so has Graham. Yeah. So that, that's I don't know if that makes sense to you. Does that make sense what Mary's saying? If you, if you have a fear inside of yourself, whatever that fear is, it creates an addiction for the opposite thing. So if you have a fear of being controlled, you will often become controlling. If you have a fear of being hurt, you will often hurt others. These things happen constantly. Yeah, so. And it may not be a hurt, the control. It's always emotional. Yeah. Yeah. It might not be that I even feel like I enjoy controlling men, but just by the fact that I'm very resistive to. Can you give a, a, a personal example? <laughs> <laughs> Probably involves you. Um, <laughs> Which lies? There's plenty of them. Uh, just probably within our relationship, when I first met you, I had a lot of fear and a lot of um, concern about being controlled, and so in the end, our relationship started to become on my terms. You know, I would see you when I was free, and I, you would visit me, and and I didn't feel I was being controlling, but I had so much concern about being vulnerable and uh, actually giving and and those sorts of things that actually ended up being quite controlling to you, I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because I had a deep fear about losing myself, actually. Yeah. So, I, so my law of attraction was I was willing to be controlled by, by a woman in order to maintain the relationship. So what I had to do firstly with that is look at my law of attraction say, all right, well, I'm, I'm being controlled here. Like, I'm being told, basically, that the relationship is on Mary's terms. And so then I had to work through that emotionally. So I, you know, I cried about, I got a bit angry about that initially. 
not with her, but with my baseball bat and thing out the back, and then connected to the sadness of that, you know, of what that's felt like through my life. And then once I released that emotion, I could then talk, speak to Mary about that emotion, and uh, and then that allowed her to work through some of the issues she was feeling as well, some of the fears she was feeling about being in my life, and uh, and so that helped both of us get closer, obviously. Can you see how the law of attraction sort of worked there too? Yeah, because I've got fear about being vulnerable and being controlled. Yeah, yeah. And fear of being rejected. It's a big one. You want to stand? No, it's all right. I was just saying, you look so pretty. My sexual projections. Sorry about that. Start. I like this start. She's crying already. She's crying already. I love this. I just hope I can get the words out. My name is Jen. My first husband name was Graham. G R A H A M. So a big law of attraction for you. Um, this started before that. Um, can I tell you my story? It doesn't take too long. Okay, I'll try fast enough. Just so there's other people who want to ask me. Yeah. When I was 16, I met Graham. For the first 18 months, I fought him off. He wanted to have sex. And as a good country girl, I wouldn't have sex. Then one weekend we went camping, and I heard a rumour that he said that if I didn't have sex, he would leave me. So I had sex. I felt pregnant. The Saturday of that weekend, as soon as we did it, I knew I was pregnant. I knew I was going to have a boy. Two days later, his youngest brother, who was camping with us, was killed in a sawmill accident. And I blamed myself so much for that because as a good country girl, I was told it was a sin to have sex before marriage. That every time someone died, there would be another birth. So I really, really thought I had caused Russell's death and I went through hell for quite a while. I had my son, who is absolutely beautiful, who I know now is very damaged from the emotions that I was feeling when he was being carried. Three years later, I had my daughter, which I love. Two years after that, I was on the pill. I had a cold. I was on antibiotics. And I felt pregnant. And I didn't realise how angry I was at prayer for getting me pregnant until I got pregnant again. 
against my will, and I had an abortion. Now, when the other ladies a couple of weeks ago said that, I felt nothing. I was worried about that, so I went to a very good friend who has helped me with a lot of counselling, and I said, I'm feeling nothing, and I don't want to feel nothing. I want to get through this. And I still felt nothing, and I thought, wow, I've dealt with this, isn't this wonderful? Because I remember in the doctor's surgery when he told me I was pregnant, I'm going, God, no, I can't do this. I'm going to go nuts if I have another child. I was 17. I had no teenage life. And here I was with my second child just about to go to school and have a bit of freedom. And I was pregnant again. So today, when the other lady was talking about not being able to sleep. I used to have really bad sleeping problems from the ages of about 25 to 35. I used to take Serapax every night to try and get to sleep. And when AJ talked about contacting the soul of the child, I wanted so much to say sorry to that child. So I tried it and I hoped that I had given some sort of, what do you call it? I repented. But the sleep thing brought back the memory that that was the 10 years after I had had the abortion and that's what triggered it. And I thought, I was just so scared to meet this child because I, I was actually told once that I had three children by a medium and I denied it. And she said, but there's a child here who says his name is Michael and he's connected to you. I would never call my son Michael because my closest cousin's name is Michael. And when AJ talked about the celestial beings who would look after that child, I thought, well, they've called him Michael. So I thought, well, I'll try and connect with him. And since the last fortnight, I've slept like a baby. <laughs> so I think he's forgiven me. And I was going to just go outside and have a good cry. But because I've always felt a lot of shame, and I've always had all these skeletons in my closet, that I thought it was about time to get rid of the whole lot all in one go. <laughs> When it comes to uh, law of attraction, when it comes to sexuality, you can see what's going on. Like the person 
the person who doesn't feel like, who feels like sex is wrong, will often have an attraction with a person who feels like they've got to have sex with you right now, and often they'll give in. And, and these kind of things are created often through the law of attraction. So remember, everything that's happened in your life is through the law of attraction. Everything. So everything that's happened through Jen's life is due to the law of attraction operating upon her soul condition when she was much younger, causing these events later so that she could work through these emotions. And to her credit now, she's working through these emotions really rapidly, and so she's changing very, very rapidly as a result of that. <coughs> If we can try to keep things to the law of attraction, is that right? I have sleeping problems too. So you don't want to sleep, in other words? Obviously, yeah, okay. yes. Um, and uh, this morning I was looking at that, mm -hmm. and I believe it's because I'm, I'm afraid to sleep for because I feel like I have to take care of the children. So you're afraid really about, if you're asleep, what's but going to happen What's going to happen to the children? And, and as a mother of one, I know that when I became a mother, it's like, I have to be aware, I have to be awake, I have to look after this child. Now I have two grandchildren, and they live in the United States, and I know it's not my business, it's not my life, and yeah, I feel, I feel a lot of things, a lot of connection, a love, desire for the best for all. And um, the way my daughter is choosing to take care of the children, and she's a wonderful mom. Um, so what's your question? My question, okay. It, it's based around vaccination. I have strong beliefs about vaccination and that causes me heaps of pain, emotional pain. Mm -hmm. uh, I did, I've done so much research about it. So what's your question? Question. I, I, <laughs> how do I, I, I feel of the... It's, so about, it's about your daughter and her children. Yeah, but I have this pain about vaccination and mm -hmm. when I wake up in the night or can't get to sleep, it always comes around for vaccination. I'm worried about the children. I believe vaccination is a very evil thing. Right. Okay. And very... Uh, well, let's first look at your law of attraction. Firstly, you're not being honest with yourself. Because anything that you're feeling is about your feelings, not about what's happening to someone else. Okay. So if you're passionate about vaccination, you're correct in that vaccination can be a very damaging process, right? So, and there's a lot of soul reasons. If you deal with the soul issues, obviously vaccination is not even needed anymore either. And if you get to a point of a one with God, you'll never need any anti-disease thing because you just won't get disease. But that doesn't deal with your fear. There's a fear that you have inside of yourself about vaccination related to your childhood. So what do you reckon about uh, 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 um. That's why I'm up here. Um, so what happened? What can you remember about the vaccinations you've had as a child? When I had vaccinations, which were very few compared to today, I did it. Be uh, there was nothing that I knew about 
No, no, no there was no negative. I'm talking about your feelings, not your beliefs. When you were little, when you had somebody poke this needle into your arm, oh, okay. what did you feel? Oh. Uh, uh, I didn't like needles. Okay. Were you afraid of them? I didn't like to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. I didn't like any So if you pulled out this great big needle and it was just about to shove it in your arm, yeah. what's your feeling? Not good. Not, not. not good? It's bad. And uh, my mother is isn't a nurse. A, she a she gave me shots. Yeah, isn't it terror based emotion? Yeah. Yes, yes. So what's actually happening through your law of attraction is there's this terror based emotion inside of you about being vaccinated when you were a child. And, and it's about feeling your way through that terror based emotion, which is going to mean actually allowing yourself to think about those events when your mum vaccinated you and actually breathe diaphragmatically in your tummy and allow yourself to experience the terror that you felt. See, at the time, you were told that you shouldn't feel the terror, that it was all okay, this is normal, there's a lot of other stories, you, know, you need this because of the disease you're going to catch, and all these other things yes. that you were told. Yeah. But the truth is, there's this terror in you yes. about this issue. Yeah. And, and so when you're, when you're worried about your grandchildren, it's actually your terror about your own childhood and what happened when you were vaccinated. Yes. Well, when I, now as an adult, after having done research and stuff, and, 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 ha and it's not just research, it's like before I did research, I knew in my heart it was wrong. Yeah, so, but the problem is, can you see what we do with our addictions? See, see what's really driven you to know about vaccination is this terrible fear of vaccination from your childhood. And that terrible fear created a desire in you to actually find out about vaccination, find out whether it's wrong or right. In the end, whether it's wrong or right is immaterial for you emotionally. What the material point is emotionally is that you have a fear and a terror in you about vaccination that you need to experience. But all of your desire to seek the truth about vaccination has all been motivated by this terror about vaccination. And, and if I address this it seems like a simple emotion going back to childhood. It'll be a very simple terror. It's yeah. going to be a terrible emotion to experience. But it's se from, it, se it seems like a simple thing mm -hmm. to look at and feel. Mm -hmm. Will then that remove the, the incredible adult terror I feel? Yes. If I just hear the word vaccination, I, I can almost shake. Yeah, that's the reason why. So it's a childhood terror. Once you release the child of terror, you, as an adult you hear the word vaccination, it'll just be the same as any other word like love or... Thank you. Right. Thank you. A, few, a few things about that experience. The law of attraction was telling on so many different parts what the real problem was. Do you follow me? You see, what often we do is that we, go, we get a law of attraction event and then what happens is we start intellectualizing through the addiction. And we, so we become addicted to finding out the truth about it, become addicted to doing all these different things about it. And in the end, it's just the feeling of the causal emotion that needs to occur. And all of those addictions will pass and we'll automatically know the truth in our heart. The truth is the, cho the children who you're vaccinating already know the truth. They are terrified of a vaccination. They already know the truth. It's not good. 
in their heart they already know the truth. Now I know many of you from a medical profession might be saying, oh but AJ, you know what you're going to do is create disease by saying all of these things. No, because if, I, if, you re, if you listen to everything I'm saying, I'm saying there's an emotional cause for every single illness and disease on this planet, and when you deal with that emotion, these diseases will not even exist on this planet. So will you need to vaccinate your child? Of course not, because the disease itself will not exist. Right at the moment within you, you have literally hundreds and hundreds of different diseases. But your body doesn't respond to them because the emotion that creates the trigger to response is not there. Alright? So that's a very important factor to bear in mind. And the child already knows this. The child takes one look at this needle and goes into fear. It already knows the truth. So you wouldn't have needed to investigate all those different things to tell you that it was wrong if you allowed yourself to just feel the emotion of the child. Now, obviously, it's a terror-based emotion as a child and very hard to feel. And our when it's our own parent inflicting the pain and the terror, we think we must be wrong. Does that make sense? Obviously, if, if your own parent is inflicting the pain, what must, you, you know, you're setting up this terrible conundrum, aren't you, within yourself? And then, uh, and then the terror. Mark's my name on from Toowoomba. Um, does the law of attraction equally apply with speed in which you can acknowledge it? Equally apply to myself where I have been a Christian and have been an agnostic and perhaps now an atheist. And I noticed tonight you've been talking a lot about spirits, you've been talking a lot about God. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you're here listening. And I'm here listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it is a little bit difficult for me to, ex not, not so much accept the principles of it, but I think there's also, it's going to be aiding a lot of people to progress their, their problems or their concerns or their issues if they do accept the fact that there are angels, that there are spirits, that there is a God. For me that can't accept that, there's been a ex-Jehovah's Witness for 10 years, it's been Seventh-day Adventist that's studied at Brahmi Kamaras, they've been on a, you know, 20 years of spiritual searching state and now morality and believe in extraterrestrial life and we've come from a superior intelligence. Yep. So, um, so more, 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 I guess my question to the, uh, to the point is I'm having a little bit of problems, uh, a lot of problems, well, no, not a little bit, a lot of problems, as I said, not accepting uh, the fact that the principles of what you're talking about tonight are very relevant and very true, but I think for me to be able to progress my cause at the speed by which uh, some people maybe, I think I'll be on the lower end of the scale of doing that. See, I don't agree with that, but anyway, let's, let's talk about the issue. Firstly, the law of attraction for you. The law of attraction for you is that you've always been a true seeker. That's right. So you have this burning desire in your heart to know truth. And in that process, you've been attracted to many different religious and non-religious forms of truth in, an or in order to actually find out truth, external truth, the truth external to yourself. And so your strong law of attraction is that, that you're willing to investigate anything 
in order to find out whether there's a truth in it or not. So that's the first thing to bear in mind. So rather than being self-condemnatory about where you are in the scale of things, in terms of dealing with things, the truth is you have one great ability, which not many people on this planet have, and that is the ability to keep seeking for truth even when you're disappointed. Right? So that's a really powerful thing. But allow yourself to feel about the law of attraction even further with this. If this, if this particular path has come into your sphere of operation, it means that the soul, your soul at some point, has attracted it. So you're, you're here through attractions, a desire to know truth. My, my suggestion then is to experiment with that attraction. You don't have to make decisions about it. All you, all you need to do at the beginning is to experiment with it. Experiment with attraction. For instance, you can actually start saying, all right, I did believe in a God at one time, now I'm not so sure, now I probably don't believe in one at all. But let's for a moment revisit this issue of God and let's start having a longing, like using this law of attraction thing with God and let's experiment with it. Let's experiment. I'll experiment with it with regard to one issue. Let's choose the issue, whatever issue is passionate for you at the time. The issue might be what is the truth about a certain issue that's passionate for you. So what you do then is try the experiment from an emotional perspective with that particular issue and see what happens, see whether it works, see what it brings you. So allow it to see whether the law of attraction is actually a valid law, that it's actually something, that it's actually a law of the universe. Allow yourself to experiment with it to see it. So, so if you can keep an open mind to that and keep an open emotional set to that, what will happen is you'll start attracting into your life the truth about those laws. But one factor that is also part of your law of attraction is this uh, feeling that you're always going to be disappointed. Because you've investigated so much truth and you've become disappointed with it. Like, you know, when you're a witness, you become disappointed with that. When you're seven over, you become disappointed with that. And then there's other things that you've investigated and you've become disappointed because they've never had all the answers for you. Because obviously you're quite sensitive to the soul and can feel soul-based answers, right? So now start trusting that. And start investigating this divine part that I've been teaching and investigate it with the same criteria you've been investigating these other things. How does it feel inside of you? And let yourself, through your law of attraction, work your way through those issues. And also work your way through the pain that's still there within yourself about having investigated so many different paths and they all turn out disappointing. Let yourself feel that. Does that answer you? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mike. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think I said next. Linda was next. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just feeling her emotions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Um, just talking about the law of attraction. I'm um, probably an injured child. Um, I've been looking for work with children. I was studying teacher aid work, so I got a call on Friday to say that I had some hours at the school. I was like, oh, yay, great, you know, paid work money. And then I was told to do with um, one particular girl who has emotional injuries or behaviour issues. and. So I have to 
deal with this. I have to, I'm put in a situation where I need to experience her behaviour and try to cope with it. And, um, so what's your what's your law of attraction, Justin? Um, well, I, I just know that it's just my law of attraction is just perfectly saying to me, well, here you go, here's an injured soul. Feel what you need to feel from this and because it's not happening with my own children, so now, yeah, I'm attracted to this. And, um, mm -hmm. I haven't had a chance to really think about it, but I'm quite fearful. Um, so you're afraid already? I'm afraid because it's you're meant to you know, do it within a framework, a system, an education system, so you probably, yeah. yeah. Just, mm. So with Linda, with Linda, what's happening a lot is that uh, she's been shown a lot through her law of attraction that she, she feels quite grieving-based sad emotions within herself from her childhood. And, uh, and what's been happening, she's been very resistive to that, haven't you? She's been quite angry and quite, quite projecting out and quite resistive to that and getting angry with the children about it and all those kind of things. So now what's been put in her path is another child who she has to work with in a framework where she's not allowed to get angry and upset and actually face the emotions that this child is facing, which is actually going to be very, very close to the emotions that you yeah, have. Yeah, I actually connected with her quite well, and I really adore this little girl. Just turn it on, because we're getting feedback. Um, yeah, I really connect with this little girl. I've known her for about a year, and I, I love her, and I just feel like, wow, you know, I just want to fix you and make it all right. And but but the reason why you connect with I her have, is that you yeah. have a very much a mirror of her emotions. I, have, I know, I know. And that's the reason why you're not connecting with your own children is because you don't have a mirror of their emotions. Mm. Does that make sense? Well, I refuse to see what they're showing my, my yeah. own children as my own interest of when it's outside of myself. <coughs> it just feels different. I don't know. Well, the, the truth is the, that your own children's emotions are a reflection of you, but they're not a reflection of your injuries. Whereas this, this girl has exactly the same injuries that you have as a child and you feel a deep compassion for that. Yeah. And really what it's about is you not wanting to feel the compassion for yourself. No, but I will be now because I, I think... Well, we'll see whether you will be. Because yeah. it will be on your choice, won't it? Yeah, well, yeah. it's just a dawn on me. Wow, like you've just attracted this situation. Like, what are you going to do with it? Like, yeah. let's use this because it's, yeah, the Lord is just... It's the Lord of attraction. Per perfectly in front of me. And I, I hope to be able to... Yeah. The key with law of attraction events, when you know you've attracted an event, stay with it until the emotion is gone. Do you see what I'm saying? Stay with it until the emotion is gone. Really, you want to? Yeah. Um, your words were, I love this child. Yeah. I adore this child. Who are you talking about? Yeah. So Millie's saying. That, your, that your words were, I love this child, I adore this child. Mm -hmm. See, really what you're saying is that, that you don't love yourself and you don't adore yourself. And yeah. I love another child and not myself. Well, it's about that, yeah. 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 So it's very much linked with those emotions. Yeah. 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 Even your words, by the way, will tell you lots of things about your law of attraction. What you say is just a very, very powerful thing. Mm. Thanks, Thanks. And James? Karen was saying 
triggered a lot of stuff. Uh, and um, you know, I've known for a long time that the emotion caused and lost my and I I spent many years practicing in a way where I avoided prescribing any drugs at all and then in in the process of that I created some issues and problems for myself that pushed me back towards general practice, which I've been doing now for another twelve years spending every day writing prescriptions for drugs that I have no belief in, prescribing vaccinations for kids that I have no belief in, and inflicting unnecessary pain on, on children that I have no belief in. So the law of attraction event here for James is he's hearing the, the long-term results of a vaccination on a person who's now, what, what age would you be now? For me? Yeah, go yeah. Well, I'm 61. 61. So for, for right, 50 something years, you've been living in this fear about vaccination, really, haven't you? Well, but my daughter, when I was pregnant, I did lots of research. And I knew, before I did the research, I knew vaccination was horrible. And I, then I did it and I was sure. Okay, so I didn't get her vaccinated. She's yeah. never been vaccinated. But she's now in the system. Yeah. And they're doing it. Yeah. So, so the, the issue is, like, from James's point of view, he's, a, he's an, a doctor who's been prescribing these things. And can you see how the feeling when it hits you is just like a ton of bricks? Like, wow, what have I actually been prescribing? And how, what kind of damage have I been inflicting? And so there's some law of, there is some law of compensation issues, of course, which are now experiencing. So the key, the key now that this law of attraction has brought this to you is to allow yourself to feel the emotion. Just allow yourself to feel the Lord of Conversation emotion. Pray to God about repentance. You know, you're obviously in a repentant state, so pray to God about forgiveness. And let yourself also, from now on, choose different, a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we've only got 10 minutes more. About. So there'll only probably be time for one or two more, and then I just want to have a short discussion before we can finish. So, um, mine, mine's the law of non-attraction. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Uh, I haven't attracted a soulmate. Okay. So do. You, so do you want one? I think I want my soulmate, I'm really, really lonely for a soulmate, I, I really want the person in my life who's special and I really want to have a close relationship and I haven't got one. So are all the things that I've just said real or not? Obviously they're all not real. The truth is I really don't want a soulmate, I really don't want to have a person close to me in my life, I really don't want to, I really want to stay lonely. Now that feels the opposite, doesn't it, to what you think. At the moment, I, my heart's just beating, and I'm actually in terror. Yeah, <laughs> I have been, that's it. Have been the whole time. <laughs> now, your terror is covering the emotion that you're needing to experience, right? and you're terrified about feeling these emotions. And the truth is that 
you do not have a desire for your and you do not have a desire to have a close relationship with someone because you're afraid, you're really terrified of some things. So would you like to say what you're terrified of? Do you, can you feel what you're terrified of? Oh, I come up with intellectual ideas, but... Go on, just let them pop out. Um, that, that my sincerity will be stomped on. Okay, so you feel that if you're in a relationship, the other person's going to stomp on you. A lot of your good qualities will be lost. So it's a deep fear. What happened in your childhood to cause that fear? My childhood wasn't too bad. Um, That's not I... true. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you got you have to, to such a deep fear of your sincerity getting stopped on. Somebody in your childhood must have stopped on your sincerity. You follow me? So there was something going on there in your childhood, wasn't there? With regard to a male, shut chomp, stepping on your sincerity. Have you a fat male or female-based attraction? No. No. So be in regard to a male. I'm scared of my dad. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's a big thing. Being like a lot of us say, "Oh, yeah, I'm scared of my dad." Like you know, as if as if that's a fairly minor thing. That's a that's an amazing that's an amazingly huge thing. Like, you imagine as a woman, you're growing up with a male, possibly the only male in your household, and you're terrified of him. That's going to cause some problems in your later sexual life and your later relationships, don't you feel? Definitely. So allow yourself to say, that is a problem. That is a big problem. He stomped on me sincerity. He stomped on quite a few things with his anger. Uh, you're terrified of him. You're afraid of him. And you're afraid of men as a result. Does that make sense? And this is why you're not attracting your soulmate because you're afraid of the man. So what you'll need to start doing is looking really deeply at the emotions about men that you feel and let yourself feel firstly the terror based emotions but also the emotions underneath about men because they are the emotions that are preventing you from meeting your soulmate. When you deal with those, you will attract your soulmate. See, at the moment, you are actually repelling your soulmate. And you were right in a way, because you were saying, oh, this is a problem of non-attraction. What's the opposite of non what's the opposite of attraction? Can I have your oh, hanky for it? I've been using spams. And the opposite of non-attraction, the opposite of attraction is repulsion. And what happens is when our soul is in a state where we're feeling certain emotions based around fear and terror and so forth. We are in a state of repulsion of the opposite sex, not attraction. Right? So we're actually pushing them away. So if your soulmate come around you at the moment, he'll feel like he's being pushed away. Even no matter what condition he was in, he'll probably feel like he's being pushed away. So the key for you is to allow yourself to deal with the emotion inside of yourself. Why do I want to push away then? There's all these feelings about that inside of you, isn't it? So let yourself write about them, feel about them, connect with them, talk to God about them, let yourself feel all of those. And when you let release all of those, what will happen is your soul mate will be attracted to you no matter what condition he's in. And no matter where he is, you know, he'll be attracted to you too. And, uh, and you'll be in a state where you can receive him rather than feeling like you want to reject him. The problem is at the moment, the thing that's preventing you from dealing with your male-based emotions is you have this deep love for your dad, 
the deep love for your dad is actually not necessarily a love for your dad because there's very much fear involved in it, right? So what it actually is, is a deep desire for your dad's attention, for attention from your dad, right? But it's tinged with all this fear about your dad as well. What I think it is, is my dad changed very much in the last years of his life and put me on a path of healthy spirituality, but I'm not touching base with what I felt as a child. As a child. I'm only seeing him as he was as an adult. Exactly. Now, this and that's, is a, that's what you've clarified. That, that's, a, yeah, that's a big issue for many of you. You'll find that your parents... Uh, 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 as you grow up, your parents are obviously changing too. The law of attraction is knocking them into shape as well, right? And so what often happens is the law of attraction gets us into this point where our parents have changed and they're now seemingly good people. We feel they're good people, but we have all of these emotions from our childhood where we're terrified of them. And the problem is, is that we, don't, we judge one using the other. And what we need to do is forget that and just go into that child emotion because it's the child emotion that is defining my life. That's defining my law of attraction. So that's why I need to focus on those emotions. That makes sense. So you need to stop. You need to stop getting into this condition of thinking he's good now, so I can't feel that. You can still feel that even though he's good now. I understand. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, let's now thank you for everyone. And it's now 5:30, so it's time for me to finish. I think everyone's pretty exhausted. What I really liked about those personal experiences is that all of you are starting to connect emotionally to what's going on. And that's a great thing, and that's really what we're doing here. The law of attraction is such that it's wanting you to feel these emotions. That's what it's there for, to actually access these emotions, to access these fears, to access all of this stuff. And if you allow it to work like God intended it, then it can be God's messenger to you. But if you resist it, God's not talking to you anymore and you're going to be all on your own and it's going to feel that way. So let yourself look more powerfully at the law of attraction in your own life. Take complete responsibility for that attraction. Even every single person who's spoken to you this afternoon has been your law of attraction. Somebody here would have been affected by what's being said by different people here and that will all be based on the law of attraction. So allow yourself now to experience those emotions. It's been great spending a bit of time with you today and I look forward to those of you who are coming tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow the discussion is about spirit communication, so you'll find that quite interesting. And then in the afternoon, after the discussion after that, we'll be focusing on a plan that we have to help those of you who want to be mediums to actually start developing that gift and those of you who want to be healers to be able to start developing that gift. So that's our focus tomorrow. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you.